Hello, welcome to today's immigration tidbit. You can ask about your case whenever you want. It's not like you know. It's not like uh, you know if you filed your case in 2020 that you pick up the phone and they say, "Oh, you you filed in 2020. Don't call us for five years." No, it doesn't work like that. Um, I understand that you filed an I-130. I'm not sure. Uh, what you might qualify for if it was your spouse that filed, if it's an immediate relative petition or a petition that has a uh, priority date that needs to be current. If, for example, um, you know, your mother filed for you and the priority date won't be current for 10 years, then what's it matter that you can't talk to them until 2025? You can't do anything till it becomes current anyways. It doesn't matter how long or short it takes for the I-130 to be approved if the visa number is not current. Now, on the other hand, if you're talking about, for example, your U.S. citizen husband and you qualify to adjust status, five years is too long for an I-130, period. I mean, it's, it's too long. I mean, honestly, when they adjudicate an I-130, if they take 15 minutes or 20 minutes on it, that would be a stretch. So... If the visa number is not even needed because it's an immediate relative petition and you qualify to adjust status, you can't let some officer who said, don't call us back for five years, stop what needs to be done. As an administrative agency, they have a duty, a legal duty, to adjudicate what's put in front of them in a reasonable time. So you have to ask yourself, is five years to adjudicate an I-130 a reasonable time? And the answer is no, that's not a reasonable time. Now, it will take money and time, but this would fall right under the ambit of a writ of mandamus. This is where you file a writ of mandamus. You basically sue USCIS and federal court, and while there's a lot to it, uh, what you're essentially saying to the court is, look, they have an I-130 petition. They're supposed to adjudicate it in a reasonable time. I understand there's some backlogs here and there, but five years is completely unreasonable. And I want you, the judge, to force them to make a decision. Which brings up another point about the writ of mandamus. You don't file those things unless there's a reasonable chance of success, unless there's a more than reasonable chance of success. So, for example, if you met your husband... Uh, and, and he's the petitioner, if you met him three days before you got married, you're not living with him, and there's a check that says $10,000 for marrying me, of course, you would not want to file a writ of mandate. But if it's a bona fide marriage, and you're really just wanting to move on with your life, and you're tired of limbo, then writ of mandate's the way to go. Uh, I've, I've, I've done videos on this subject before, and I'll say the same thing. Of all the ones I filed over 30 years, um, at least 95% of them settled before we ever went to court. And it's probably higher than that. Um, meaning that the U.S. attorney doesn't want to go in front of a judge and go, I'm sorry, Your Honor. I know it's been almost four years. And I know that the I-130 is just one petition and it actually takes us half an hour to adjudicate it. But we just need a little more time. The, the U.S. attorney is completely embarrassed to do that and say that in front of a federal judge because the federal judge will look like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? 
So um, what happens is once, you know, we file the writ of mandate, uh, the U.S. attorney gives us a call, says, okay, what do we need to do to settle this? And of course, the, the, the answer is easy. It's just make it, you know, tell your client USCIS to make a decision on the case and send us the decision. Um, and for the vast majority of the time, it does. So it's unfortunate that they need this type of leverage to make them move. But there's always also the possibility if you do the writ of mandate, you can file a request for EJF fees. Um, that's where um, you can request the court to order that the USCIS pay attorney's fees. I can tell you normally that doesn't really happen because when the U.S. attorney calls and wants to settle the case, um, including attorney's fees as part of that settlement is usually not uh, an item um, because what you want most of all is the decision. So um, I wouldn't wait till 2025. I guarantee you, you call in 2025, they'll say we're still processing, um, but give us some more time. Okay, so don't don't let that stop you from moving forward and doing what you need to do. Okay. Short cast club.